you say your or my educational experiences. So for you, it sounds like, you know, you spent time in schools, you've been a teacher, you now work at a self-directed learning center, but what was your formal education like? Like elementary, middle, high school, college, what kind of school did you attend? Were you unschooled? How did it work? And what kind of student were you? So I went through traditional public school and I was a very disengaged kid. I would, I did my very minimum to get a B average. I looked out the window a lot. If I could leave during recess, I would. So I didn't realize there's a word for that now called elopers, but I just would leave and then somebody would find me and bring me back. But it was the late seventies, early eighties. So it wasn't that big a deal. Like, you know, somebody would find me and I'd have a snake and, you know, somebody would faint, but so I just did that. Um, my mother was very much an unschooly person. She just didn't know it. So she would sometimes say to us, hey, do you guys want to go to school or do you want to go to a museum and go to lunch? Or do you want to go to school or do you want to drive around Amish country? Or do you want to go to school or do you want to go this hike? And so there, were, what are we going to say? My brother and I were like, no, we do not want to go to school. We definitely want to go get lunch with you and go to a museum. And so we would go tour all these old buildings and things like that. It became a bit of a problem because we missed a lot of school. So then she'd say, just tell them you're sick, which, you know, that, that's not the greatest lesson either. So I kind of trucked along that way until I got into high school and I got really into bands and choir. So I was really into music and I, I loved it. That's when I started loving school is when I got to be in band and choir and the musical and things like that. And I decided I wanted to go into music for a career. So I went to music school and music school is very specific getting a degree in clarinet performance it's you know all chamber music and orchestra rehearsals and private lessons which is you know everything i wanted and this is as an aside one of the things we talk about in self-directed education is people think it's all a breeze and you don't have to do things you don't want to but i had to do things i didn't want to and we find that with our members too because if there's something you really want to do a lot of times you have to do something else to get there that you don't want to do so i definitely had to take some math classes that i didn't want to take so i did that and then i got my master's degree in clarinet performance as well one of the things that stayed with me really powerfully is that as a musician i had a private teacher and I met with him every week. I had the same teacher in high school, and then I had one in undergrad, and then I had one in graduate school. And he was more than my clarinet teacher. He was, they, all, they were my mentors. So I could ask them for advice about life things in addition to clarinet things. And I didn't have any other teachers where I had a relationship like that. And that's one of the things that calls to me at Embark is that mentoring aspect to really get to know somebody and be a part of their life and help them reach their goals that they create themselves. And that's what my clarinet teachers were for me. And I still have a relationship with all of them and I love them very much. So the other part of having a mentor is that self-directed education part, which is I had to find them. I had to find these teachers. I had to find ones that worked for me and I did find ones that didn't work for me. So it's sort of that hero journey of a quest of finding this, this teacher that's going to be a big part of your life. You know, I had to find my Yoda and I found three Yodas, which was really a, a wonderful thing for me. So that's also a very important part of what led me into self-directed education too, which is finding that person and finding that person that works works with you. Um, and that mentor is a guide. And they, they, they taught me things. And they would say, you have to learn this clarinet book from beginning to end at the slowest tempo possible, because it's going to help you have good foundation, but I know you're going to hate every minute of it. I had a choice at that moment, right? I could say, you know what, I hate this teacher, and I don't want to do it. 
Or I could say, all right, I'm going to power through this because he knows what my goal is and where I want to go. And I respect him. And there's mutual respect on his side for me. So that also was a big part of it, too. And then after, well, actually, while I was in graduate school, I started working in public schools. So I worked in public schools in New York City. And then I lived in Florida and I worked in public school and private schools there. And then New Jersey and Pennsylvania and Virginia. So I moved around a lot and I was in a lot of different schools. And it was really those kids like the student I told you before, where every, you see them, you just know them. And we all have them. We see them in the class. We know who they are. And those were the people that I thought, why? You know, why are we taking the square peg and trying to shove it into a round hole? We don't have to do this to this person. It felt inhumane to me. And that's when I thought I need to move on and find another way. That's great. And I mean, it, I like how you describe your formal education. It sort of answers the other question that I usually follow with is how do you use it? But you know, it, there are parts that you're not using, but there are parts of this that you are both direct. I mean, you obviously you still play clarinet and give clarinet lessons and, and do that, but that maybe the way that that schooling occurred has informed your ideas about about unschooling and self-directed education. I, I say this a lot, and that's it's one of the reasons I think that things go well in my classes. I try to treat everybody well, and I recognize, especially in an English class, not everyone wants to be there. You know, I worked with a principal one time who had been, um, she was a chorus choir teacher or something like that. And, and I just, I would get frustrated and I was very young as a teacher, but I'd get very frustrated when she talked about, you know, student motivation and, and how, you know, how students responded to her. And I'm like, everybody wanted to be in that room. I'm teaching English. Like they have to be here and they have to take this test. Like, you know, so a big part of my job is, is sales is <laughs> like, you know, I first have to convince you to buy that, that this is worth buying and then buy it. And, you know, but it goes better if you form a good relationship and, and something that I, I think is important as more schools are pushing social emotional learning, which is important, but it's it's not something like that shouldn't necessarily be the top priority because if the most important thing that the teacher is doing is trying to build a relationship with a the kid, then you forgot like you're supposed to teach them something, you know, and, and it doesn't mean that the relationship isn't there, but those should work side by side. And if you let something else pop in front of you know your curriculum or what you're supposed to be teaching it gets weird like you found these great mentors not just for music but for your life but it's because they were serious about what you were there for like they understood your goals and like imagine how differently that goes if the person makes clarinet second place to just like helping you out and being your friend and giving good advice like i, I don't want to speak for you but i think a lot of people in that case like you backpedal from that person because it seems where like they come on too strong and i don't know you know, what do you care? I'm just show me how to do this thing, teaching this thing. And so I think it's a very important balance. And and I end up with a lot of I end up with a lot of people in my room. Like I never have an empty classroom. Um, and sometimes people are like, you know, you have kids in the room who would never in another circumstance talk to each other or whatever else. And sometimes they ask later on, like, what's with that kid? What are they doing in here? I'm like, what's with you? Why are you in here? Well, I want to come hang out. I'm like, well, they want to come hang out. Like you got to let people choose where they want to be, you know, like you can't be everything to everyone, but sometimes say in that compulsory school setting that the kids will find you a lot of times if you make yourself available to it, you know, and I, I think the mentorship piece is important there both. I mean, obviously in a musical setting, but some of my best classes had, had similar components. You know, I had a college professor who canceled one class a week so you could have a one-on-one -on -one writing conference. And I got I improved my writing more in that one semester than in anything else I ever did, uh, and also got to know her and you know all that was great. 
it's important, but I, I, like I said, I think people have to find those places for themselves. Like when you assign someone a mentor, like, good, good luck, you know? And I mean, it's not that it was a bad idea. It's just, that's probably not the most productive way in the long run to build those relationships. 